Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Recruiting Every Second. My name is Blaine Gilmer, your host, and thank you so much for joining us on our first episode the other day with Kristen Miller and Michael Williams. If you haven't caught that, make sure to go check it out. You can follow us at recruiting underscore SEC on Twitter and Instagram, but very, very excited to have a very well-known guest with, with us here uh, tonight. This is Mr. SEC Mike of Saturdays Down South, and he hosts that SEC podcast. Mike, thank you so much for joining us, man. Yeah, no problem, Blaine. Thanks for having me. All right. So like I said, Michael Bratton here of Saturdays Down South. You guys cover everything SEC-related. Also extend out past it sometimes when there's some big games and stuff going on, but mostly sticking to that SEC realm. We're here on – Recruiting every second, of course, we're kind of more recruiting-oriented. So I want to kind of merge the two, the current and the recruiting. And uh, first, I wanted to hit on your opinion of, you know, got this Egg Bowl situation down there in Mississippi. You got two very eccentric coaches in their own way, Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. Uh, They didn't really get to kind of go to battle with each other on the recruiting field because of the COVID situation. You know, Kiffin's hired in December. Leach is hired in January, and then the COVID stuff hit. So they, they're not in homes in there, Mississippi, fighting for recruits. What do you imagine that's going to be like when you've got Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach kind of both going into guys' homes there in Mississippi and the surrounding areas? I mean, you can't get much different than uh, Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. You know what? I mean, one guy's going to be in there, who knows what he's going to be playing chess, and the other guy's going to come in there like a rock star. So, uh, yeah, night and day difference between those two and – it is kind of interesting that you mentioned all the COVID stuff kind of helped so many restrictions, but, you know, Lane Kiffin and, and company, they did a really good job flipping a lot of those Mississippi State guys towards the tail end of uh, you know, the early signing period. So it was Mary Flipmas down there in Oxford, and, uh, man, those those fans are loving it. And I just think it's great we got Lane Kiffin back running an SEC program because you just never know what the heck's going to happen. I mean, they, they, they could be on probation tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised. They could uh, they could finish last place in the West. They could win the West eventually, I think, and anything in between, I believe. Absolutely. One of those players that you mentioned last year was MJ Daniels. He was – a lot of people thought he was going to end up at Mississippi State. He ends up going to Ole Miss. They also did a good job of, of flipping Luke Altmeyer, who was a Florida State commit at quarterback, really nice uh, pro-style quarterback from there in Starkville, Mississippi, uh, in the backyard of – Mississippi State flipping him over so there's going to be that intensity there I think on the on the recruiting trail and I think 
Mike Leach and company have kind of maybe taken that to heart a little bit. They're kind of owning the recruiting cycle right now. They have 11 commitments compared to Ole Miss's two. Do you think uh, Mike Leach it just kind of all hit too, too quick last year, and now he's really trying to make his imprint on that program in year two? No, I think it's more of a case of uh, Lane Kiffin kind of being measured with uh, who he wants to go after. And, I mean, we saw that, just like I said, with the, the Mary Flipness. I mean, they, they'll really go hard on people towards the early signing period. Uh, they had a huge – because of the weather, it didn't turn out quite as good as it was anticipated, but the Grove Bowl was a huge event for them. So they're just getting started, I think. And Mike Leach, it's kind of hard to know what he's doing in recruiting. Yeah, he's racking up a lot of commits. Uh, not a ton of four stars. I know he he got the four star quarterback last cycle, but Mike Leach is never going to be a guy that uh, wows you with his recruiting. It's for him, it's all about the development that he gets done. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think Ole Miss is probably going to beat Mississippi State in the recruiting rankings nine times out of ten. And Mississippi State's probably they shouldn't the fans shouldn't be hitting the panic button about that either because uh, they've got a lot better defensive coordinator and Zach Arnett. He's one of the best or I don't know of the best, but one of the most most underrated coordinators in the SEC. And, you know, for all the credit we give Lane Kiffin for being some offensive mastermind, uh, I think Mike Leach is, is right there with him. I mean, I, I don't think you can – you're splitting hairs if you want to say which coach is the better offensive mind, in my opinion. Absolutely. You talked uh, specifically about that, that Mississippi State defense. Uh, they really, you know, at least on the ground, uh, when they came to the University of Georgia undermanned last year – uh, they they held Georgia like I think it was like a net three rushing yards or something like that forced JT Daniels and they just had the receivers to beat them so I think you know obviously like you said they're not going to be expected to to be up in the top ten in recruiting rings although right now I think they're hovering right around that mark with all the early recruits that they have but mm -hmm. do you feel that the the development alone is going to be able to help a program like a Mississippi State get to where they need to go? Or do you think Mike Leach will be one that will be able to take advantage of this new one transfer rule? Oh, yeah, without a doubt he will. But at the same time, you know, this is the same thing I always say to whether it's Ole Miss or Mississippi State or, you know, any fan base really in, the, in that state of Mississippi – I don't really buy in so much to the recruiting rankings. And, you know, I'm one that's – I've always uh, – I enjoy giving Dan Mullen a hard time for his inability to, to recruit at an elite level. But we saw time and time again when he was at Mississippi State, he'd get all these three-star guys, and so many of them would be future NFL players. And, you know, I got all the respect in the world for the people that do the recruiting rankings and all that. I wouldn't want that job. I mean, that's an incredibly difficult job. And they do an outstanding job. But at the same time, they miss on a lot of kids from Mississippi. And a lot of that is because there's, you know, outside of Jackson and uh, obviously Starkville and, and Oxford, there's just not a lot of big towns there. So are you going to drive down a country road two hours to see one player? Or are you going to hit up Atlanta where you can see, you know, 20, 25 D1 prospects in a night? Are you going to go to uh, Nashville where same deal, you can see so many prospects? It, it takes a lot to go down those country roads and, and find one guy that you're looking for, but that's what Mississippi State does. That's what Ole Miss does. So uh, I, I just don't really buy into a ton of the rankings when it comes to players from the state of Mississippi, aside from the elite prospects, which they have those too, but then Alabama and LSU and Texas A&M, they come after those guys pretty hard uh, once they get into you know the All-American games and all that. So 
I guess that's a long spiel to say uh, at the end of the day, it's about development and it's about identifying guys and recruiting that just because the recruiting services, which do a really good job, may not have identified a, a certain player just because they've not seen them enough in person. Uh, I, I just I wouldn't get too concerned with that if I'm Mississippi State or Ole Miss fan. Absolutely. And, you know, you talk about the the holes sometimes and, you know, America's a, a big place not being able to find all those hidden talents. There's another guy I want to talk to you about switching over to the eastern side of the division when, with Vanderbilt. Barton Simmons is their general manager who came out of that recruiting service world. Do you think that Clark Lee and Barton Simmons will be served uniquely well by Simmons' knowledge of exactly what you were talking about, that not everybody gets the rankings and stuff like that, and being able to find unique ways to kind of meet the challenges they have there at Vanderbilt? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that was probably the smartest hire that Clark Lee could have made uh, because Barton Simmons is two, three, sometimes four years down the road already on a prospect. Vanderbilt can get in early on these guys. They can be able to pitch. You know, Vanderbilt's not going to be an SEC contender next season. Even their fans know that. But two years down the road, three years down the road, four years down the road, and they've got the quarterback. So, you know, I think that's an easy pitch to make to a lot of recruits that Barton Simmons is probably well-versed already on. But at the same time, uh, you know, he knows just from scouting a lot of these guys, and he knows uh, the guys he's going to be recruiting against. He knows the, the people in those departments very, very well. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that go to Georgia or Florida or Tennessee or on and on and on that uh, maybe get in there and it's not quite what they wanted. And Barton Simmons, I think, is probably going to have a list of those guys. We didn't have a chance getting them out of high school, but maybe we can get them in the transfer portal, stay in the SEC. You're still going to be on national television. You're still in the premier conference. Get that premier education. And the fact that he and Clark Lee, they go back to high school days together. So uh, that bond is so tight that uh, I don't think Barton Simmons would have left for any other job than Vanderbilt, as crazy as that sounds. But it's all about uh, the connection with Clark Lee. And speaking of that premier conference, like you said, the NFL draft has just come and gone. I know you've you've done some some review on it yourself. You know, SEC for I think it's every year since 2007 has had the most draft picks. You know, man, I mean, how much is, is Vanderbilt going to be able to push to that? Like you said, you know, you go to a Georgia, you go to Florida, it's not what you thought. Well, hey, you still you come to Vanderbilt, you come play in that with that one transfer penalty free now we got we do have to wait and see what the votes end up being on the sec and if they institute that but let's let's assume it happens you know how, how big of a, a draw is that to say listen you still get to to play in this in this conference against the best competition out there and ultimately that's what can get you to sundays which vanderbilt has produced their well their fair share of nfl talent yeah it's huge and that's the message that uh you know i've spoken to clark lee personally and that's the message he's conveying to these guys uh, you know, for a long time, Vanderbilt's just been, you know, come get a degree, <laughs> come compete against the best, but it's kind of like a wink, wink. You know, you're not going to be able to compete on the field. We're not necessarily looking for NFL talent because all those guys are going to Alabama and Georgia and Florida and on and on and on. But Clark Lee and that staff, they're looking for guys that want to compete at that level, that want to make it to the NFL. And, you know, a year or two ago, I think that would have been, I mean, Derek Mason would have been laughed off the set if he said something like that. But I, just with the new energy, new new program, they've already committed the uh, $300 million to the facilities there in Nashville. I mean, it, it certainly seems like they're doing everything they can to take steps in the right direction. And Nashville, where I'm from, 
most people know, I mean, it's such a developing city and uh, the city in itself is something to sell as well. And, and you got to think about that with the, uh, you know, here in Tennessee, we don't have the name, image and likeness rights lined up yet. But uh, as soon as uh, Georgia and Alabama and Florida take advantage of all these, you, you better believe the rest of the SEC states are, are going to pe- push that through. So uh, it's going to be before you know it, that's going to be at Tennessee. And that's going to be something that I think Vanderbilt's got to sell too. Absolutely. And as we're recording this on the night of May 6th, uh, Georgia, the governor, Georgia, Brian Kemp, actually signed into law today the name, image, and likeness uh, law for Georgia in the University of Georgia Recruiting Lounge. So uh, I guess I don't know how Georgia Tech fans will feel about that, uh, you know, with, with that going down in the Georgia facilities there. But that's, that's for another podcast, another time, maybe a, a old fashioned, good old fashioned hate podcast or something like that. But <laughs> in terms of Georgia, I do want to uh, shift gears to them. Um, you had Georgia ranked as number one in your post-spring rankings after after spring practices for all the teams. Um, a big tying it back into recruiting here now. I did a I did a study in a in a podcast not too long ago of the past three national champions: Alabama, LSU, Clemson. Each one of those champions had a recruiting class. Three years before, which is exactly where Georgia's at with this 2018 class, that was a historically big class, very highly rated, like you said, by the recruiting services. Well, now all those 2018, that historic first number one class for Kirby is kind of the the backbone of this Georgia team. Uh, Is a lot of that development, a lot of what returned, what kind of made you steer them to that number one over Alabama in your post-spring rankings? Well, it's a number of factors, and, you know, it's a little bit of what you said. Obviously, they got the talent. I mean, if you're going to win the SEC, you have got to have arguably more talent than anybody in the country because I know Clemson and Ohio State, you know, they can claim that as well, but they don't play anybody. So it's a completely different animal in the SEC. Uh, A lot of it has to do with that, having an elite talent to work with. Uh, A lot of it has to do with playing in the SEC East where – uh, you know, I know everybody's ready to pants, pencil Alabama in as the West champion already, but I'm not so sure that's going to be the case. I think LSU and Texas A&M will be right there. So uh, that's going to make the West really competitive. And then even going a step down in the in the SEC West, the Mississippi schools, Arkansas, Auburn, I think all those teams could potentially compete, probably not for the SEC East title, but probably for the two or three slot in the SEC East uh, next season. So uh, SEC West is just going to be incredibly difficult, but the one guy that uh, we haven't mentioned, and you know, you go, you said you did all the research. The one guy not included in any of that's JT Daniels, and I'm not one of these people that thinks that JT Daniels is going to win the Heisman. I, I honestly wouldn't bet uh, on him to do that. I'm not saying he can't, but um, Georgia doesn't need him to be a Heisman Trophy contender because they've got so much dang talent all around him at all the skill positions maybe the best running back group in the nation, uh, a deep and talented offensive line. I know there's transition there, but, and then you compare that with the defense. I mean, they've got all the pieces there, but what have we seen in recent college football history? It's all about the offense. That's why Alabama has been dominating when LSU went and won the national championship. It was fueled by that offense. I think Georgia's finally got that figured out and that's, what's been holding them back. That's what they have with JT down. You, you can dig this up because I know everybody was all high on Jamie Newman. And I, you know, I didn't think he was terrible by any means, but 
when JT Daniels announced he was transferring to Georgia, I tweeted that uh, Georgia's got the quarterback that's going to lead him to a national championship because I knew how good JT Daniels was. And like I said, he's not going to have to throw for 50 touchdowns and five interceptions to get it done. He's just got to be, you know, there's, there's three or four games a year that Georgia really needed a quarterback that can push the ball down the field, eliminate mistakes, and, you know, stand, there, stand in there, take a hit, and deliver the big throw when necessary. And JT Daniels is that guy. And I didn't see it from Jamie Newman. Certainly didn't see it from Stetson Bennett. And, uh, you know, I don't like to sit here and criticize all these players because Stetson Bennett, I thought, was significantly better than I thought he would be. But at the end of the day, you're looking at, uh, you know, future NFL player in JT Daniels. And, and that's probably the biggest difference for me with Georgia next season. And you, you you hit right on it with my next point I was going into with those three teams that those not only did they have developed classes, you know, from three years before, but the year before that they won the national championship, each one of them found their quarterback. Clemson got Trevor Lawrence as a true freshman. He, they win the national championship. LSU gets Joe Burrow as a transfer from Ohio State. The next year they win this, the the SC and the national championship. And then same thing with uh, Alabama and the fact that Mac Jones comes aboard and plays out of his mind. Well, JT Daniels, George is in the same spot. So I just find it a very interesting trend here uh, with the, with those guys. And I, I do think uh, Georgia, I, I see definitely why you've got them set up. Number one there, um, you know, just wanted to, in terms of, in terms of Georgia, the big hump is getting over, over Alabama and, the last thing I'm going to talk about here with recruiting is Alabama. Nick Saban may have brought in the most talented class he's ever had. Maybe the most talented class, if you look at it just raw data-wise, in the history of college football. I know the 2017 class that's had eight people drafted in the first round. I have a lot to say about that. You know, just getting it. What's it going to take for anybody, whether it's Georgia or anybody, just to get over that hump in the SEC, knock knock Alabama out of the way with all the talent they have, the Bryce Youngs of the world. Uh, a lot of the people that they're replacing, I know, are heavy. But what's it going to take to get over Alabama? Well, Alabama's kind of changed the game ever since uh, Lane Kiffin came in there, and they've opened up the offense, and they're, you know, quarterback-driven offense. And that's what wins in college football now. And uh, the rest of the SEC has got to hope that uh, Bryce Young is a bust. And I, I have no idea whether he will or won't be, so I'm not suggesting that he is. But, uh, you know, I had um, – Adam McClintock, he runs a, a website, CFB professor, and he gave uh, Bill O'Brien a D grade uh, as a play caller during dating back to his time at uh, Penn State. And these are not his opinions. This is just based on data. So theoretically, you're looking at uh, Alabama with a D play caller, with a new offensive line coach, with a totally new built offensive line, a new starting quarterback. They just lost a first round running back several first-round receivers, uh, if now is not the time to beat Alabama, there's not going to be a time because what you said, they stack and recruiting, recruiting, recruiting on top of each other, including what a lot of analysts are saying, the best class of all time. So you got to get them now, otherwise you're not going to get them. And uh, you just got to outscore them. And I think given all that, that I just said about Alabama, I think this is the year. And that's a big part of why I'm saying, you know, I'm not even penciling in Alabama to win the West right now. now it's kind of crazy to say, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm just not ready to go that far. I'm not saying that Alabama's going to fall apart or anything. Hell, if they lose two games, it's a, it's a disaster. You know what I mean? So 
Uh, I think they'll lose at least one next year, maybe two. But uh, I have been saying that for about four or five years now. <laughs> Just the law of averages, right? That eventually it has, <laughs> has to dip down. Uh, lastly, just following up on that, what teams in the SEC do you feel are capable of scoring with Alabama? I think LSU will. I really, really like Max Johnson and what he did when he came in there. Uh, obviously, Ole Miss. We saw, I mean, Lane Kiffin and, and Matt Crowell lit him up so bad that uh, they accused him of cheating. I don't know if you guys recall that, but they're stealing our signs. They're stealing our signs. Well, last time I checked, dumbass, they're running uh, hurry up, up tempo. I mean, there's no time that – if you were going to steal someone's signs, you cannot snap the ball immediately as soon as you get to the line of scrimmage. That was the stupidest thing I ever heard. Uh, so Ole Miss, LSU, Texas A&M, I don't think they're they're quite there yet. We'll see what uh, Alabama, or excuse me, Florida has in Emory Jones, but uh, they could potentially be up there. And call, This is crazy. I'm a Tennessee grad. This is a homer pick. Josh Heupel, baby. I mean, <laughs> hey, you're, you're saying, can they score with Alabama? I think maybe. Can they stop Alabama? No. It would be the same same deal as we saw with last year with Ole Miss where they put up 40-something on Alabama, but then uh, Alabama put up 60-something on them. So I can certainly see that happening. But uh, those are probably the teams that stand out to me right now as, as the offenses in the SEC that could potentially stack up. And I'll, I'll throw Arkansas on there too because I'm really high on K.J. Jefferson. People are sleeping on uh, Kendall Browse. He's one of the best offensive coordinators in the country. I think uh, Arkansas is going to be very, very dangerous on offense this year. Absolutely. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we can't thank Michael Bratton here enough for joining us on this edition of Recruiting Every Second, I believe, Podcast Network show. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, stay with us, guys. Next week, we'll be back, or later on this week, actually, we'll be back with some more content coming your way. You can follow us at recruiting underscore SEC on Twitter. Follow Michael at Michael W. Bratton and his podcast. If you enjoyed the content today, at that SEC podcast on Twitter. Thanks, guys, and we'll catch you next time. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.